Welcome to the Winning with Shopify podcast. This is the podcast to help you scale your Shopify store into a money-making machine. Your host is Nick Truman. He's a Shopify expert and the CEO of JustAskParker.com, a global specialist marketing agency for Shopify owners. Nick will be sharing his knowledge and interviewing the experts to help you thrive and build a business that makes you money. For exclusive offers, bonus content, and weekly episode reminders, join our mailing list at winningwithshopify.com. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Here's your host, Nick Truman. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Winning with Shopify podcast. For anyone who's not tuned in before, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for tuning in. It's great to have you all here, and it would be really, really awkward without you all. So it's great to have you guys listening. If it is your first time, make sure you hit the subscribe button. And for anyone who's been listening for quite a while, I've got a slightly exciting announcement, which I realized literally about 20 minutes before we hit record on this episode. I asked our Alexa, so our little Amazon Echo in the office, I asked Alexa to play the Winning with Shopify podcast and she dived straight in and I I didn't quite realize we'd actually been approved on Amazon. So if anybody's listening and you've got an Amazon at home, feel free at any point just to shout Alexa, play the Winning with Shopify podcast. And you can then also choose episodes, change between them, etc. So we've taken quite a while to get that approved, but it is all done now. So if you want to tune in on uh, on Amazon, then please do. I know most of you guys are tuning in on either Spotify um, or the majority of you are on Apple Podcasts as well. So it's great to have you with us. And if it is your first time, please hit the subscribe button um, and also check out our Facebook group, Winning with Shopify as well. Right, that's the end of today's plugs. Today, we are talking about episode two of our first 1000 sales series. So as mentioned before, we're going to try and bring in some of the experts and talk about some of the journeys that Shopify stores have been on to get their first 1000 sales. Today, we're talking specifically, um, not exclusively, but specifically about product. So we're going to be talking to a very special guest. His name is George Greenhill, and he runs a company which I was delighted as well to see. He's based here in the UK, not too far from us. George Greenhill from Protein Package. So George, without further ado, welcome to the show. Hi, Nick. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Welcome to the podcast. Before we dive in, why don't you give us a little overview then to Protein Package and, and also to yourself? You know, What's your background and how did you start the business? Sure. So I started Protein Package when I was 17. Um, I started from home when I was still at school. Um, I'm now 21. And basically what happened was I started going to the gym after I sort of finished playing football. That career came to its end too early, but we won't talk about that. So I started going to the gym, really got into my fitness, but I sort of came across a problem really where the products I wanted to sort of eat, the healthy snacks, healthy supplements, that type of thing. I either had to go to Holland and Barrett or sort of a high street store and I'd pay, you're paying sort of like £3 for a little grenade bar, which was obviously really expensive at the time for like a student. And I mean, £3 for a bar, that's sort of the same price as a whole meal deal that you can get from Tesco. So that, that was the one option. Or the other option was you could go online, then you sort of have to buy a box of maybe like protein bars or, or healthy snacks. But then you'd sort of be stuck with the same flavour for like weeks on end because obviously the boxes that come in are boxes of 15, she have the same flavour, um, same product for, I don't know, a month. So I thought there's a gap in the market here where there's something where we can do like an online pick and mix store of like healthy snacks, healthy products, where you can come on, pick and mix different brands from all around the world. And I mean, I started with £300 
which is like some birthday money, and it's just grown from there, really. So it's just sort of a website where you can come on, pick a mix, healthy snacks, and get them delivered to your door. Nice, nice. I, I love that you say you start with £300 of pocket money as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love. I, I always love hearing the kind of like, you know, the little sort of real down-to-earth ground stories, actually, of how stuff started. But I think you're absolutely right. I, I personally have almost completely given up on protein snacks and that sort of thing, partly because of the flavour. You know, when you yeah, when you buy a bar, it costs a fortune. If you buy them online, they still cost a lot. But yeah, the flavor just gets so boring because you've now got like 50 or 100 sometimes to get through. You know, if you try to get like a really good bulk discount or anything like that at all. So nice, nice. So let's 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 go, to, go on to the next stage of the story then. So you got 300 pounds birthday money. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing you use that just to buy a load of snacks, start a Shopify store and just get the thing live. Was that was that kind of the first step? Definitely. So obviously I was still from home, living at home. And I bought sort of the first batch of products in, which were sort of our, what, the best sellers in the in the UK market at the time, which was like the grenade bars for fill bars. Going back four years ago, the, the products weren't um, as widely known as they are now. So we started off with some of like the key brands, because obviously at the end of the day, I had £300, so I couldn't invest into more of the specialty products. So they had to be um, like the key sellers. And that's what we invested in to start with. Got those into my room, in my, in my bedroom, where I was packing up the orders. <laughs> so... Getting, I mean, I did some sort of research on Shopify and what the best platform was um, to sort of build the website on. And then obviously like Shopify at the time um, was having some great success and lot, lots of big brands. I mean, because I'm, as you can probably tell from my accent, I'm West Midlands, Birmingham. And obviously there's Gymshark as well, who's also in the fitness sector. And, and Ben actually went to Aston where I studied as well. So, I mean, he's on Shopify and and they're having some great success. That's the reason why I went with Shopify. Um, and then I started it off. It's grown from there. Nice, nice. And I think, I guess, I guess the next question then is, let's talk about products. You know, what what was it? What was the driving force behind? Let, let's go with like the initial batch of products you ordered. What was the driving force behind that? You, you mentioned they were popular brands. Was there more to it than that? Or was it just a case of saying, okay, these are the ones we think are going to sell the best? You know, Mar- I, I noticed on your site you've got Mars and Snickers and all all the kind of classic ones. Yeah. Did you go for just like the most well-known as a sort of, you know, this is an easier, um, more cost-effective way to buy these brands and you know which brand you want. So there's an instant recognition. Was that was that part of the process? Yeah, definitely. So at the time, it was just the sort of key brands, just because the limitations of, of the amount of investment we had to start with, we couldn't sort of invest in products that we I didn't know I would be able to sell um, and products that maybe most of the UK public wouldn't know about at the time. Um, so it was almost going for a brand where we knew that had instant recognizability on the website. That was the key driver, really. Nice, nice. And so how much has that range developed then? You, you just mentioned something, which sounds quite interesting. You've just mentioned that there were, there were brands that most people wouldn't have heard of. Is that part of your strategy now then in terms of like talking to past customers? Do you now introduce brands to them on email or have you built trust enough that people then start digging around your site to go, look, I've heard of these ones but now your site's recommending two or three others to try because, I mean, we're talking about protein bars. They've got more protein in them and less fat, less sugar, all those sort of things as well. How, how has that kind of product range developed over, over time? 100%. So as I said, started off with like the key brands like Grenade. But then over time, basically, as, as we, the sales grow, we've got more customers who love, love what we're doing with the pick and mix. All of that then, because at the time I was living at home, I was able to basically not take anything out of the business. So all the money that the business was generating, I was constantly putting back into increasing our product lines, growing the stock that we offered, different sort of product ranges. So, I mean, now we sort of specialise in importing from America and like Europe. So 
yeah, like protein donuts, protein crisps, low calorie sort of pretzel bites. And we sort of get this from all around the world now. So obviously when we first started, it was just UK because importing wasn't really a viable thing to do when we're starting out. It can be very expensive as well to import, especially in the UK. We have such big import tax. <laughs> you know, you, you need a level of cash to do the import in the first place, don't you? Exactly. I mean, especially with COVID as well. I mean, the prices of importing has just got shot up because obviously there was less sort of commercial flights going where they'd sort of put cargo onto the commercial flights. So the price of importing pallets had like, skyrocketed. But that's just when we sort of moved into our new warehouse where we were able to really expand our product range. Nice, nice. And it, I, I love the fact that I think you said it was, it was it three or four years ago you started this. And now you've got a warehouse, you're shipping internationally in terms of, you know, what importing from international to then sell across the UK. It's quite a steep growth curve, isn't it? That's it's pretty quick to go from literally from bedroom to warehouse over just, just a few years. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, it, it was sort of, first off, it was the bedroom. Then it was like the downstairs living room. <laughs> then, it was, then it was the kitchen. Then it took over the garage. And then, because obviously at the time I was sort of at like 17, 18, then one was like, you've got to move it out. I decided to, um, like, it was quite a big leap at the time, obviously moving it out from home because you've got like, a lot of your costs are lower. You haven't got to pay sort of um, as much for electricity, that type of thing. But we took the jump about like a year and a half ago, moved it out to this warehouse named Bridge North. The key feature of, like moving out and the, the best benefit is that we were able to order in the higher volume so previously we had to go sort of direct to a wholesaler where we could only sort of buy small quantities of each product or product line and obviously for that um, because it's lower quantities you're going to be paying like a premium for that service and higher prices so then we weren't able to offer sort of the prices we wanted to our customers but since we've been able to move here we can take in sort of bigger bigger orders work directly with all the brands um, themselves and sort of purchase from those directly, which obviously cuts out the middleman. And then we are able to offer better value to our customers when they like pick a mix. So the idea is that they can pick a mix across different brands so they don't have to sort of stick with one brand. They can try other ones out as well. Nice, nice. And I, I love the fact that you guys, A, have made that logistical move and done it so quickly. I just have this picture in my head of you, your, your mum and dad like sitting down to watch TV turning the telly on and a, a Mars protein bar just falls from the top of the TV or something. Or <laughs> yeah. pick, picking it up instead of the TV remote. It's <laughs> something like that. But no, I, I, yeah, I love the fact that you guys have made that physical leap, but also digitally, like it sounds to me like your, your, you know, your aim all along wasn't just to, you know, shift a load of protein bars that everybody's heard of, or even, even just to offer a discount to them. It's, it's more a case of introducing them to new products to say, you know, that this is an enormous industry, an enormous market. There's a lot of variation out there. And you keep coming back to the pick and mix concepts, which I, I think is great. You know, saying to somebody, you, you always buy these five different bars, so buy those five, add in a sixth one, add in something new, and then being able to, within Shopify, when they're on the website, to be able to say, this is the one we recommend to you as well. I imagine that must be quite powerful in terms of a upsell, cross-sell opportunity. Yeah, definitely. I mean, because when I first started as well, I mean, before starting the business, I sort of had in my head that it was going to be mainly male customers, to be honest, 18 to 30. But as, as sort of the business started, I recognized straight away that our target market was actually, it was more or less a 50-50 split, if not um, more female, obviously in that age range, 18 to 30. So because of that, what we started to do was as well, Obviously, we've gone, gone over lots of some of the protein products. Over time, we've also sort of expanded into getting just general, like, better for you snacks. So it's not like they don't have to have like, the high protein feature. I know we've got protein package and that's what it started off with. 
but it, obviously we now sort of do just a lot of the low calorie um like pretzels low calorie crisps mm. um, so it, it, it sort of evolved now to more just better for you snacks instead of sort of the protein products that we originally started with. Nice, nice. And I, I love the fact that's such a natural progression, isn't it? It's not like you were selling houses and now you're going to sell, I don't know, fish tanks as well. It's like, it's, it's a natural progression to go from we're selling healthy protein bars and actually now we can offer to that same audience because we know that we know their interests, we know their priorities. They're going to want low calorie, you know, high protein, low sugar, et cetera, products it makes a lot of sense how involved have your customers been in this process like how often do you sort of sit down talk to customers run focus groups or actually is it more a case of just you know let's get a small box of those put them on the site and see if they sell like how has it worked in terms of involving customers to then evolve your product range yeah sure so the our customers are a lot heavily involved obviously more so when we were first starting out i'd say so because when I was first starting out, the, the main sort of focus for me was growing our product range. So what I sort of do was is I'd run like polls on Instagram um, and Facebook to get sort of instant feedback from like our customers, our, our target market on what ranges and products they'd like to see get added to the website. On the website, if you go on, there's like a, a, a news feed sort of thing on the side as well. And we can also run like polls on that as well to get sort of some recommendations um, of product ranges customers would like to see added, um, brands they'd like to see us try and import from like different countries. Because as I said, like we've got sort of those like protein donuts, which like we're, we're the only stock we stock in the UK. So it's sort of they like, sound delicious, by the way. Like, yeah. Really nice. <laughs> they're, they're amazing. So you've got there's a chocolate flavor and a cake butter flavor. Nice. But yeah, the cake butter flavor is amazing. So yeah, it's just sort of getting instant feedback from our customers and, and seeing which product ranges they wanted us to add. Nice, nice. I, I, have you guys ever got it? I know it's a really cheeky question for me to ask, but I'm sure our listeners will be interested. Have you ever got it wrong? Like, has there ever been a product you've bought in or, you know, you've over-ordered something and gone like, right, let's get tons of these. They're definitely going to be popular. And then no one buys them. And you have that moment of like, okay, we didn't really check this or think this through. Like we've just, <laughs> we've just gone, gone on a whim and got it completely wrong. Yeah, in terms of the products, I mean, there's a lot of mistakes I've made setting up the business mm. and like starting on Shopify, which I, I mean, I'd love to cover as well later in the podcast. But in terms of the products, I wouldn't say we have we've made that many errors just because it was such a gradual process of building the product range. So we, we didn't sort of take too many risks to start with in sort of getting products that we didn't think our customers would, would want to buy mm. uh, or consider purchasing. So, I mean maybe sort of every every month we'd sort of add a new brand or a new product range but over four years obviously that that sort of grows pretty quickly and we've obviously got sort of like thousands of different products cool cool and so what i guess what are some of the mistakes you made then like is it is it more on say shop front customer interaction like again don't have to share anything you don't want to I'm just purely interested <laughs> I, I know our audience as well again some of them will be a few steps before you and so i think yeah, any any advice you've got for them in terms of like, be really careful with this stuff, don't cut corners on this, or this thing here, everyone will tell you to do really, really, you know, absolutely pedantically, but for you, like, was not important, can't go wrong, etc. Definitely, because obviously coming into this, I mean, the only sort of previous business experience I had was doing business studies at school, and sort of just running like a, a milkshake company, that was the only experience I had before starting Protein Package, because uh, obviously, I was sort of so young at the time. I mean, I'd sort of made a website in the past, which was just for a bit of fun to see how, how everything works. The one thing that I really sort of overlooked was like SEO, really. Mm. I had in my head that when I was starting out, I thought um, I'd done a little bit of research onto sort of how keywords work. So I thought if I sort of 
spam the keywords into the product descriptions, that type of thing, it's going to get you to the top of Google, which obviously isn't the case because you need to be building up um, good content that people are going to read. Yeah. Um, and it's informative and it's useful and it's up to the point. So obviously when you're spamming keywords into um, the product description, Google's not going to like that. So I built up all these um, new ranges that we were sort of getting in, but I hadn't fully understood how SEO works. So then last year we had to basically overhaul all of the SEO that we did on the website, restart that completely just because at the time I didn't have sort of the, the knowledge of how SEO actually works, which is, I mean, because what I try to do is every sort of month, obviously you got, you're running the business, but I sort of each month I naturally sort of seem to try and improve certain skills. So I don't know, one month I might really focus on email marketing or SEO. And then obviously you, you sort of, when you look back, because obviously we're a small team, there's only like four of us here now. So it's just sort of when you look back, you sort of recognize mistakes really easily and think, oh, oh man, what was I doing there? But it's just as long as you can sort of, every time you sort of come back to something, you try and improve it, you're definitely on the right path. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think, I mean, you mentioned SEO, which is absolutely speaking my language, given that <laughs> given that's been my my main discipline for years. I think it's always a challenge when you start though, isn't it? Because either taking the time out yourself to learn SEO and do it well or paying the fees early on to an agency to support you with it or even a consultant or something that that's a massive undertaking and that can be you know can be very very expensive either in time or cost or both and so I feel like when you start out you just have to find that balance with everything don't you it's like you know you've got customers that something's gone wrong with an order and you need to go and deal with that you've got low stock over here those things always do and should take precedent over getting new customers in but it's, it's all about finding that rhythm isn't it where you can you can cover everything off in a, in a particular process or order but certainly it's you know as an seo person the dream is that before somebody even launches their first ever website you know you do all the seo research the site is then built to seo spec for whatever industry you're in whatever products you're selling etc but the reality is it rarely happens like that especially when it's a completely new company just because of all those other pressures exactly i mean so when, when i first started i mean um all of my time was basically put into actually packaging the orders up themselves because obviously I was doing that myself. So obviously as we've grown now, I've been able to sort of focus more on these areas. But exactly like you said, at the start, you sort of have a little like um, idea of what you're trying to do. But it's really hard unless you want to pay those high fees for an agency to work with, which obviously when you're starting out with a, like a really low investment, it's not impossible to do. Yeah, um, so It's just sort of building a foundation that then when you sort of grow, down the line and you're able to sort of spend more time on these different areas that you're able to do that when, when you sort of get more time to focus on those yeah definitely definitely well let's 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 go back slightly then let's roll back to when you first launched the site big question we ask everybody and i know this isn't specifically on product but you've mentioned shopify and i think it'd be good to touch on this how much of a part of shopify played in getting your first few sales and then a sort of sub question to that as well is how did you get them you know what channels were you working on who was buying stuff? How were you getting hold of them, etc.? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, Shopify's played a massive part because all, I mean, when we launched, it was on Shopify and we stuck with Shopify since day one. Obviously, in the UK, they've, they've released a lot more features recently that were sort of available in maybe just the US and Canada. And obviously, over time in the UK, it's really grown um, to be like a key sort of player in the market. Yeah, definitely. So, when we sort of launched, the main focus was social media, just because our products, when you sort of open these bars up or these snacks, visually they're, re- they're really a good thing to sort of look at on Instagram especially. Um, so 
sort of break one open. We've got like a photo booth where we take our photos, um, upload them to Instagram. And it was just sort of getting people to share those photos around, especially in the orders as well. We sort of add in a little card to sort of say, share your protein package to win. And then we sort of do a, an offer at the end of every every month for like the, the best like video that someone did of like reviewing their order. So they'd sort of share that. And then obviously it grows from there where you get the mouth. So over time, it sort of grew from there. Nice, nice. I, I, I often get contacted, certainly at our business, from companies and people running Shopify stores saying like, you know, we, we want social media advice. It's the golden nugget. And we often sort of say, well, yeah, if you can get something from Google, you've obviously got the inbound. Somebody's looking for that product already. So I guess my question really is, how long did it take to build up some of that momentum? Like, you know, did you guys get in touch with and work with some influencers? Like, was there any kind of big catalyst to, to really get stuff plugging? Sure. I mean, so one of one of the things for us was that we didn't actually work with influence directly at the time. We actually got many influencers who actually found us like organically and actually placed an order. At the time, it was like amazing because for me as a business owner, the, the coolest thing is when you see sort of someone get a box and then they share it on social media. And especially if it's like, I mean, I've had sort of, I don't know, YouTubers, fitness YouTubers who've ordered in the past who I didn't sort of recognize when I've made the order and shipped it off. And then a couple of days later, you've got them sharing um, their pick and mix that they've ordered. Um, and that's obviously really cool to say. I mean, one other thing on Shopify as well is that because me personally, I can sort of do basic coding, but I'm not sort of any any professional. The one thing I love about Shopify is sort of the, the community that's there. And obviously, the main thing for me is the applications because coding something complex where maybe you've got like automated discounts, that type of thing, being able to sort of access applications that you can sort of plug into your website is like obviously amazing. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's one of the one of the reasons that we massively endorse. I mean, I, I, I sometimes forget that I run this podcast. I start saying like, oh, yeah, we, we really like endorsing Shopify and then completely forget that the whole uh, the name and the whole focus of this whole entire podcast has always been Shopify and nothing else. But yeah, certainly one of the good things about Shopify is that it is so easy to do. I think even even the liquid templates, you don't need a background in coding to work out how to do something. If you can't do it yourself, you jump on the forum and you ask, I'm trying to change my template to do this, this and this. Somebody comments, they give you the advice, the, you then get it sorted. You know, you can even show them on the, send a link on the site and people are always really willing to help each other. And I think that's been something that's, that's been really, really useful is that forum. And then if you're still struggling, you can contact Shopify, you can hire a Shopify developer, you know, on Upwork for, you know, $30, $40 an hour or something and get them to, uh, to do some template changes for you. You know, you could even use something like Microsoft Paint and, uh, you know, kind of simply map out what you want the page to do and somebody will be able to do it for you. And they can do it all in a testing environment. You can push it to live once you're happy. I just, yeah, I have not ever seen in my life another platform that can do so much so simply. On the flip side, though, in trying to grow and you know trying to increase your sales, have you found any limitations in Shopify, like stuff you just can't do or stuff that's just caused you an absolute headache to try and resolve or even worst case scenario, been really expensive and still been unresolved? The only thing that was a real pain was obviously with Brexit is that when Brexit occurred is that shipping to Northern Ireland became really expensive in, the, in sort of England, Scotland and Wales. If you're shipping to Northern Ireland, the limitation was that you couldn't sort of split Northern Ireland up as a different sort of country or different area. Sure. So you have sure. to charge the same shipping rate for Northern Ireland as you did for like England. And there's literally sort of like like two pounds difference, which is obviously like, I don't know, $1.75. Um, obviously, when you sort of send out orders with free shipping, that's sort of a massive cost to bear. 
I mean, fortunately, I think literally a couple of weeks ago, they updated it so you can split them apart. But it did, I mean, that's sort of, I mean, where are we now? November. It's taken 11 months. Yeah, that's 11 months for them to like, have that change. So that was a bit frustrating. But other than that, that's sort of the only the only really issue that I've had with the limitations. Nice, nice. And how much have you done? And again, like kind of question for both early on and a bit more recently, how much have you had to start doing like custom development or, you know, getting developers involved in doing some stuff that's a bit more, you know, I guess the phrase is not out of the box. Like how much have you had to kind of, make the platform work for you or or have you just found it so easy and pretty much just adopted the Shopify way of things yeah n- not too much really we've had sort of sort of more complex things coded into the website which as I said like are the discount features um, where sort of when you pick and mix it automatically um, applies a discount for you obviously then there's sort of applications sort of outside of Shopify which then integrate with it as well which requires some like sort of customization so You've got, um, I don't know if you've heard of like pricing um, and AREFs, which obviously AREFs is for SEO and which you can sort of integrate with your Shopify. And then you've got pricing as well, which is sort of an automated um, like pricing system, which integrates um, and then automatically updates your prices day by day based on like your competitors and what's going on in the market. Yeah, nice, nice. I, yeah, it's great to hear. I think there's, there's a huge argument forever going on, certainly in, in my world of SEO, about Shopify being rubbish because you can't touch the the sitemap and the robots.txt. And we've, I, I can safely say we found ways around almost everything or Google themselves have actually updated to understand the way Shopify works and actually why it's a good way of working. I'll give you an example. Anyone who's never heard of a canonical tag, just switch off for a second. But canonical tags exist so that if you have five versions of the same page, you can put a link in four of them to the fifth version to say, look at this page and see that it exists, but only ever rank the fifth version of this on Google. So a good example is like when you've got page two, page three, page four of a list. So when you get onto page two, it's essentially the same content. It would be flagged by Google as duplicate content. So pages two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, et cetera, will all have a little line of code called a canonical linking back to page one to say to Google, look how many pages there are, but always only ever rank page one. Now, the place that Google ignores that and where Google's adapted partly for Shopify, um, a few other platforms do it as well, but it's mostly a Shopify thing, is with products. So products can exist in collections and everybody who's worked on Shopify, which I imagine is like 99% of our, our listeners, on Shopify, every product can have a URL that says like forward slash collections slash name of collection forward slash products slash name of product. So every product can have those URLs, but the canonical for every single product, regardless of all the different collections it appears in, the canonical will always show forward slash products slash name of product. It takes the collections part out of the URL. Now, what's been interesting is that's how Shopify works and Shopify's got those canonicals. So you'd think Google would only ever rank the forward slash product slash name of product, but quite the opposite. Most Shopify stores that we've looked at on Google um, actually have the forward slash collections in the URL, even though we're telling Google to ignore it. And so I think certainly from an SEO perspective, it's been interesting to see how much Google has actually started endorsing Shopify as a platform, even though Shopify has some strange quirks like that, which wouldn't be best case scenario for an SEO person. Best case scenario is you would assign every product into like a master category, and then you could put it in as many sort of secondary categories as you want, but the master would 
beware the canonicals points, which means your URL structure, if a product appears on Google, your URL structure would be better because it would be like forward slash men's, forward slash shoes, forward slash the name of this pair of shoes would be its kind of master home. And that's where Magento and other platforms work. And it's partly why people in the SEO world, you know, discredit Shopify because there's quite a few quirks like that. But as I say, it's been very interesting actually to see how much Google themselves have actually adapted and started ignoring bits of code on the basis that it likes the way Shopify works and the way Shopify does stuff. Because actually, whether that URL is 150, 200 characters or whether it's 10, doesn't really make much difference to the user. The important thing is what's the experience they have when they land on the page. And that, that's why I think SEO for me has certainly come into more of a, what, we, what we've been calling for years, customer first. You know, SEO only exists because Google wants customers to find the right products, the right services on Google when it searches. And so, again, waffling slightly about canonicals, which are quite complicated, and a lot of this <laughs> won't have a clue what I'm talking about. But, you know, I do think it's a really good example, though, of how, yeah, how Shopify is starting to, uh, or how Google is starting to adapt to Shopify, actually, rather than Shopify just trying to please the search engines. It's like Shopify found a better way of doing stuff. Yeah, I think as well, one, one of the things mentioned on Shopify is that when you're starting out, obviously, some of these like applications and things like softwares that you can download, when you're starting out, obviously, that's a big investment at the time. And I think it's it's key to get applications and stuff when you're starting out that are like enhanced automation so that, um, because obviously, when you're a small team like us, it's, it's sort of the tasks where, like I don't know, like Clavio, where you've got your email automation, your flows, so that you haven't actually manually got to do any work yourself and like the pricing application that I, we use as well for our pricing where it automatically updates our price and it's just sort of takes the strain off you as a, like a one-man band or as you, your small team so it's, it's key to sort of always look for um, applications and softwares that use automation yeah definitely and um, we've had bright pearl on the show quite a lot over the last year partly because they wanted to sponsor it and partly because actually i think it's a fantastic tool and um, one of the things bright pearl does is it just automates so much in terms of like delivery customer service warehouse management and i think you're absolutely right the more you can automate with the fewest amount of systems the better even things on you know you mentioned clavio things like abandoned baskets and stuff like that having that built into the platform and automated it's just it's just simple and it makes cut it makes Shopify stores more money. It's very, very simple. And I, I just love the fact they focus on stuff like that. Let's take a bit of a gear change now. There's one more thing I really want to cover off today. And I think your site does this quite well. And it's such an important part as well as anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while knows my snowball analogy um, of a snowball growing and growing and growing in size with new customers. But the point is the snowball already exists with existing customers. So how do you guys build both trust with customers and then use that trust to then sell more products? So, you know, your, your value per customer, your lifetime value per customer increases as time goes on without, you know, obviously the, the worst case scenario, having to pay for every single new customer every single time. Sure. So I think at the start, obviously, was social proof through sort of Instagram and Facebook followers users sharing um, their experiences with us and then obviously i think it's sort of getting various different review platforms as well sort of like Trustpilot, google we use an app called judge me which obviously allows us to sort of add product reviews as well so i think sort of getting uh, different sort of review platforms that obviously people use um, different ones people go on so that people can sort of share their experiences with you so it's obviously once you've sort of got the customer there um, and they've sort of purchased from you, you've sort of grown that trust with them. And then it, then that also gives you the opportunity that new customers who maybe sign up for an email, 
is that when you send that, an email at the bottom of the email, you can also include links to all your reviews, like social proof with your Instagram and Facebook followers, have a link. So, or maybe have examples of different reviews people have left, testimonials, that type of thing. Nice, nice. Because I think, I mean, as I say, I say it so often, you know, how much does a new customer cost on Google ads, Facebook ads, or, you know, even organic social activity, how much of that do you have to do to generate a new customer? So I think getting repeat orders and, and that sort of thing is, is so important. How much have you guys played then is you know, probably one of our last questions as we, you know, sort of slowly come into land. How much have you guys played with like the packaging of products and stuff like that in terms of just, you know, you want there to just be outstanding value that when it arrives, customers open it, it's all branded, looks nice and just makes them want to go, Oh, I order, I always order from these guys, you know, it looks good, feels great. It's price is right. You know, it just makes me want to come back and order. Even if they don't email me, I'm, I'm coming back to order. Sure, yeah. So when we started, it was just sort of like the standard brown box with our sticker on. But as we sort of been able to sort of invest more into our packaging, obviously we've got like the, the white boxes now and they can print it so that when they open the box in like the, the inner sort of flap, it's got like share your experience with Pyrene Package with like links to our sort of social media so they can share it right there and then. And it's just sort of on, on sort of some of the products that we send out because some of the products we sell are like the protein powders that type of thing where they can come back to that product on a regular basis so what we decided to do was is also because they're not our products because we're sort of like a one-stop shop with different various brands so we sort of apply like a little sticker with our logo on to like the products where they're going to come back to them on a regular basis so if a customer sort of goes back into their cupboard for to reach for their powder or their like uh, spread that they're going to be using recurringly for over sort of a, a long period Every time they come back to that, there's also like a protein package sticker there. Nice. Just reminding them subconsciously that maybe in like a month's time, I do need to get a new order placed. Have you guys played with subscriptions at all as well? Is that something on the roadmap for later or? Sure. So with subscriptions, that was the, when we first started out, that was the one, because in the market at the time, there's a lot of subscription companies. But what I found was is that the one thing I didn't sort of like about them at the time was that you sort of sign up for the subscription and it sort of send you out the order. But some of the products and flavors you didn't really like. So you get sort of those flavors that you didn't really like, um, products that didn't sort of quite work for you. And then obviously you don't sort of have, have the option to select. So we didn't go with subscriptions in terms of the pick and mix because we wanted to keep that so the customers can select that. But we do also offer them the option to sort of click a reorder button. So when they get to the checkout and they've got like the order page and they get an email, it's like a reorder button so they can add all the products back to their basket and then also add other products in if, or if they want to sort of swap out different products, remove one that they didn't like, they can sort of edit that basket um, for the next order. But on, we also sort of introduced as well, just sort of the, the boxes so people can, if they don't have time to pick a mix, because some people at the end of the day, they just want a quick purchase. So we do also offer sort of the set boxes of sort of one bar where you do get a box of sort of 12. And we do offer subscriptions on those because at the end of the day, we've got we had customer feedback where they sort of said, we love the pick and mix, but we do also sort of just want to, on a subscription on a rolling basis, just get sort of this one product that is our favourite that we want to get delivered every week or every month. So we do also offer that now, um, like the subscription with Recharge, which is on sort of the, our, our boxes that come sort of preset and they can reorder those. But obviously with the pick and mix, that's sort of just more of a, you can add it back to your basket and then edit from there. Nice. And I guess with the pick and mix as well, there's an element of they're choosing it every time. It's part of the experience. You know, it builds an element of fun into that as well because it's something that, you know, when you're doing your pick and mix, well, let's add in two or three other things as well. And I guess longer term, that's part of the whole experience, isn't it? Because otherwise, 
you know, this is not like a toothbrush where it's like, we've got one toothbrush, click here and you're on a subscription. The whole point of you guys existing is to, you know, also help customers discover and try new things. Definitely. I mean, so with the, with the packaging as well, we also wanted it to be like an experience of more so, even though it's not it's not a present. I mean, we get people purchase presents, but we wanted it to be sort of that experience where um, it's like your your own present to yourself because you, you sort of, at the end of the day, you're sort of treating your body to these like healthy snacks which are better for you. Um, they can help you in the gym. So all our orders also come sort of with tissue paper, like wrapping that type of thing in the boxes. So when you open it up, it's nicely wrapped in tissue paper. Um, so it almost feels like a present to yourself that you're opening. Nice, nice. Love it. Well, look, George, it's been great to have you on the show today. Really, really good. And it's great to hear as well that you've had such an accelerated journey, I think, from, like you say, from bedroom to warehouse. Loads of people are going to be sitting there being like, what's the name of it? How do I get in touch? How do people get in touch with you? Like, you know, what's the website? What are your social channels? All that sort of stuff. Sure. So website is proteinpackage.co.uk or .com. And if you sort of go on socials, it's at Protein Package. Nice, nice. Well, thanks a lot for your time today. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks a lot, Nick. Cool. And for everybody else listening, again, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. It'd be really awkward without you. Um, I've made that joke twice today. We'll be back again next week, of course. Apologies for posting a little bit late. It's been a bit mad in uh, in my office recently, partly because we bought a new office that we're currently renovating, so everybody's a little bit busy. But yeah, we'll be back again next week. Apologies if this has gone out a day or two late, but yeah, we're going to try and catch up over the next couple of months, um, certainly by Christmas. So uh, thanks for listening. Back again next week, and uh, we hope you all stay safe. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter for exclusive offers at winningwithshopify.com. And don't forget to check out our Facebook group by searching for Winning with Shopify on Facebook. Over and out.